The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, January 23rd, 2023, season 18, episode number 112. Welcome to the latest edition of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. And man, today uh, we got to do what we've done before. This is not new for us. Cowboys season ends last night. They lose to the San Francisco 49ers 19-12, to uh, eliminating them from the playoffs at the, uh, at the divisional round. And uh, today we'll tell you what we think went right and wrong for this team. Um, and and maybe get a little bit, probably more tomorrow, get into what this really means because I think there's so many offshoots from this game um, when you start thinking about what this means for this franchise and what this means for this team and all the players that are on this team. But let's start first. There were so many things that happened in that game. If you could kind of crystallize it into kind of one thing, what is the enduring memory you'll have years from now about the game against the 49ers in the divisional round of playoffs in 2023? Nick? 49ers... We're a really good team. The Cowboys, on this day, were a pretty good team. I mean, I thought their defense was not as good, as, though, as the 49ers. I think their offense obviously wasn't as good as the 49ers, and their special teams wasn't either. So, I mean, I thought that they, they was close in all three, and that's why the game was close. But at the end of the day, I think the 49ers just had more playmakers, made more plays, had more weapons. Amber. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I think it was a game of missed opportunities. Yeah. I really do. I, I feel like, though, that there were some, you know, you, we went into this game talking about all the things that you were going to have to deal with, talking to coaches. How do you attack? How do you do this? How do you do that? You know, it really it really kind of comes down to, you know, their ability to make plays and then your ability not to in some ways. You know, whether it's you know, you, you get a – you know, you dropped interceptions or you don't quite protect well enough or, you know, you, you know, you had an opportunity to hit a guy and, you know, instead you let the play extend and it throws you into another whole thing where there's defenders. You know, I, I just, you know, it's, it's not about playing the perfect game, but it's about when the opportunities that you have to make plays, you got to capitalize on those. I mean, I know watching, going back and watching the tape of this game, I was worried about Nick Bosa and how he could affect the game. Nick Bosa affected you on three plays in this mm-hmm. game. you know, And they were back-to-back plays down in the red zone where he was able to get some pressure. The way he was able to knife through and get a, a tackle, you know, a, you know, when you're Noah Brown, you're trying to run there on the goal line. Play looked like it had a chance, but, you know, Tyron Smith gets beat inside. And then the next play, Tyron Smith gets beat on the spin move. And then what happens again is – you know, then and, and Bosa, you know, beat you, uh, uh, you know, a third time on the long pass to try and get it to Michael Gallup where he's open. You know, so, you know, that's that's the difference of a lot of these games nowadays. It's when these players that when you have an opportunity to make plays, you've got to make plays. I, I think for the most part, if you said, heck, you're going to give 19 points, six points off turnovers to the 49ers and you're only going to give them 19 points, you kind of feel like you got a shot to win this game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you didn't handle 
you didn't handle their their defense. They tackled really, really, really well. And, you know, you had some plays where you just kind of didn't didn't do what you needed to do in order to uh, to keep drives going or to be able to, to finish drives. My heart is beating out of my chest right now. I probably shouldn't have had coffee a little bit ago because I'm like, right now. Um, you know, every game they've lost this season, we walked out of those games saying they should have won that game. And this was like another example of they should have won that game. We get to San Francisco. We're at the stadium pregame. Since we stepped onto the field, the 49ers were being nasty. And people may say, oh, well, this is a playoff game. That's how you should be, you know, whatever. And it's fine. I, that's good. But be respectful. And But if you're going to be nasty, all right, let's be freaking nasty. The Cowboys offense didn't freaking show up whatsoever. There was no um, fire in them. There was no – it did not feel like they were playing – a playoff game there was zero energy they couldn't connect in anything uh the only player that you had there was city lamb making plays everybody else on offense pretty much disappeared and they weren't able to do anything and what's more most upsetting to me is knowing the fact that seeing the how the defense played this game was within reach we were talking about here all week Brian breaking down the 49ers offense, breaking down the 49ers defense, talking about how much talent they had and knowing that going into the game, the Cowboys defense was able to do as much as they did, contain them that much. Obviously, second half, they started wearing down and all that, but they kept the game to where you should have freaking won that game and your offense should have done so much more than what they did. And that's the most upsetting to me because if we walked out of that game with that still losing but they put up a fight and it was a good one at least you feel a, a little bit better you say okay well it wasn't in their destiny once again but at least they went out there lost with the fight and there was no freaking fight on the offensive side of the ball at least and that that's just I can't believe it's over I can't believe we got to start this again after feeling that we were so close and the Cowboys do have a talented team, but it's just finding consistency has been the whole problem this year. Yeah, for me, this game came down to Dak Prescott. And yeah. we heard Dak talk weeks ago where he said after a game where he'd thrown interceptions, you know, I'm going to fix this. I guarantee this is going to mm -hmm. get fixed. And it didn't get fixed yesterday. Like, there were two interceptions. There was a third that should have been, and I, I don't even like normally saying should have been, but in that circumstance, that was in the crunch time of the game. It was, you got three minutes left in this game. You're right where you got them right where you want them. Like you're down a touchdown. And I'd already, me and Nick had already had the conversations. I thought at that moment, this is where, this is where Dak makes his name. This is where you drive your team down with three minutes left to go. You score a touchdown and go for two. Like, you're going to go for two, and I'm the quarterback. If I'm the head coach, I'm giving him the ball, and I'm saying, get in the freaking end zone, and we're going to end this thing, and we're going to move on to the next round. I think they and were. What ends up and what ends up happening? Three and out. And the first of those three uh, bad plays where they got zero yards was what should have been an interception. And, and that, to me, is where I look at this. And Dak said it after the game. He takes accountability, but it really is. That game came down to your quarterback just didn't play well enough. He put you behind the eight ball way too often, and a defensive performance like that 
got wasted by the quarterback not playing up to standard. Let's talk about Dak. His numbers, 23 of 37, 62% completion rate, 206 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions. He had another four rushes for 22 yards with a 5.5 average on the ground. How much do you guys put this loss on Dak? Uh I mean, he's the quarterback, so yeah. I mean, he he got all the praise when they when they won last Monday week, night, and, yeah. and he played he played amazing in that game. So uh, he did not play amazing in this game. There's a lot of passes that he left on the table. Uh, I'm not putting all of it on him, but but uh, you know, he's the quarterback, so he gets it. Um, you know, I think I think that they um, I think they lost the game on the extra point. To be mm. honest with you, when they missed the extra point, I think that lost the game for them um, in a lot of ways. Uh, Explain that. They lost four points on that, and they lost the running back for the season. And may, and who knows after that. Um, if he makes that extra point, they're up seven to six. It doesn't deflate the touchdown, too, because it's like, here we go again. It's not just one miss. It's like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at this guy. Is he mentally tough? The 49ers are over there, you know, being classless and trying to get in his head before and all that stuff. Um, that, you know, that was crap. But, but, but missing that that was huge because then when they're driving down at the at the you know the two minute warning and they're on the thirty four yard line I think they kick a field goal there he's kicked fifty yarders all year long if he's if he trusts that he can make that kick and if you do make it even if you miss it you don't lose your running back for the season because uh, for the game because he gets hurt on the next play but I think the, him getting hurt then now. It's all on them. We can't kick. We got it. We got to score. We don't have anybody. We're throwing wide now to CD. I think it changed their whole plan. But it all started to me on that extra point that was not only blocked, but that thing was going to Oakland. Yeah, that's that where I wanted to go. Way so you, yeah. you're, it's your opinion Terrible. that it's, it wasn't about the block because I know there are probably some people out there like, well, it was blocked. Nah, Is that his how, fault? Is nah. this a situation where you think he would have missed? Regardless, how, I went and watched it. I looked at it. The ball, the it. ball yeah. was not end over end. The ball yeah. was almost sideways yeah. when it was coming out of that office. The guy, foot. and it was very low. It and the guy that low. blocked it is yeah. like, I've never blocked a kick <laughs> because he doesn't line up in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> like he was just putting his hands up, and I mean that he, you know, there was a guy. About but to at get the a same time, even though you you know that thing wasn't gonna go in. But the fact that it was blocked, I think that maybe mentally for Brett Maher just to go through the game with, quote-unquote, like, oh, well, it was blocked rather than he missed the yeah. first one. You know, that at least, I think, helped a little bit mentally to kind of come back and be able to make whatever but else he made. I don't think it helped McCarthy, though, because I think McCarthy yeah. would have tried would try to field goal there. And... uh and, and and that doesn't – I mean, that's four points. I mean, he lost by seven. I mean, the, the whole game could change a little bit, but I just think psychologically that that, that affected so much. Brian, you put this game on deck? Yeah, I, I feel like, though, there's when – you, when you start – for everything that we praised him for on Tuesday morning, it reverted back to what we – what you were talking about earlier. And the ability to see the field, the ability to, to make the quick decisions, the ability to – you know, the, you know they're playing six across, and you're throwing the ball into that. And you know, I mean, it, it just it, it it seems like things compound for him. You know, it the the the, the and you, you want to believe that like the harder, the tougher it is, the more that he. You know, we always talk about him being bloodied and muddied and playing and having that feel of the game. He had no feel in that game yesterday. He had no feel. I don't think he had confidence in some of the throws that he was actually making. And it, it 
again, it doesn't help when you're you're probably feeling like that Nick Bosa is going to just destroy you, you know, or or you know uh, Tyler Smith's going to give up a pressure, or you're going to get holding, or something's going to happen this game. But I, I think that you know, to me, you look at what the you know, I think there's some questions about this coordinator. I, I really, really do. I, I think there's some things. There's some. You know, I think there's a question about the head coach. It's fourth and fourth and five on the forty, and you take a delay of the game penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to me, there's 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 things that you got to you know always talk about knowing the condition of your team, knowing to try and make a spark. Maybe he knew on fourth and five he couldn't go for it on fourth down because his quarterback wasn't any good. You know, and yeah, I, I a lot of this a lot of this does go on him because when again when you watch. When you watch the plays, when you watch the throws, when you watch what he's looking at, it's really it's one of those things that kind of when Dak is bad, it reminds you of all those things that we've seen this season when he has those problems. I definitely put the blame. Yeah, uh, Dak was he just wasn't good at all, and there were a lot of questionable decisions uh, that he made that I don't think he should have made in this game and. And I get all the criticism about Dak. And at the same time, sitting here, like, it's hard. And I don't want to root against him. It's so hard to, because he's such a great guy. He, he's a tough guy. And he's shown signs to be that type of quarterback. But something has to change now. We can't just keep being the same. And you mentioned the coordinator. I wonder, like, under somebody else, and we don't, we, and not to That's, get into yeah. off season talk over here, but it makes me, but there wonder, we are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it is hard to draft a quarterback high, it is very hard, and to find the right quarterback. But I do wonder if it wasn't with Kellen Moore and he had somebody else, could that person coach Dak Prescott better to the yeah. where now you, you're making him be the type of quarterback that you need to be? I don't think he's gone through enough coaching, or I haven't seen somebody else coach him other than when you had, like, John Kidna come in or um, what was that uh, that other the backup quarterback that helped him out a lot? Sanchez? Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. When he, so he's had that, those kind of little sprinkles of help here and there through his career, but not a legit, like, somebody else other than, like, Kellen Moore build around him and all that so it, it makes me it, i still have that doubt rather than completely move because i people just want to get rid of that no, they don't understand the salary cap and you guys yeah. are right you guys are right i mean you guys are not dancing around it but we're kind of we're, we're flirting around you guys are exactly right it's time to move on it's time to move on from kellen moore another great guy you know he walks by in the hall you see him he seems like a really good good guy doesn't talk a whole lot but this isn't working and you can't change your quarterback yep. because of the salary cap the way it is in fact you might even give him an extension be, to try to get more players in which is only going to make the the problem worse but whatever you can't do that but you can get a new offensive coordinator yeah. hey kellen it's been great well, it's been good. How about that? It's been good. It hasn't been great. It's been, it's been good, and it wasn't great yesterday. Some change has to be made, and it's a lot easier to change the coordinator yeah. than change that. And and yeah, that's that's just the way it is. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely onto something there. To me, about this, this was always going to be the evaluation of 2022 was going to be about the coaches. Mm-hmm. Whether Mike McCarthy, after last year's disappointment, I think Mike McCarthy did a great job this year. And you know now you now you you know you won a playoff game. Now you get to that divisional round. You got to find a way to score more than twelve points in this football game. And you know to me that's where there's so much inconsistency. 
you know, with the quarterback and then with, you know, and, and I'm not going to sit there. I mean, I spent a long time in this league. I'm not going to act like I know what every call and every play is and stuff like that, but you can see it when it's not working. You know, you can see it. And I, I think there were some times this year where Mike McCarthy had some frustrations with Kellen Moore. You know, but give them credit for winning four out of five games with Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. Evidently, Mike McCarthy went up to him and said, "Listen, yeah, you got to Quinn. Yeah, Quinn. Well, I know, Quinn. but I know what you're saying. I mean, <laughs> but to me, yeah. that's where that's where you're too. <laughs> that's where you're at right now, though. Is that you know you're trying to figure out you're not. To me, the quarterback was going to be evaluated in 23. That's when the quarterback, because maybe there was going to be a coaching change, and if Dak was able to be better with different coaches. Then you could say, okay, this is this is going to work. If it if you if you get to twenty three and it's still the same, Dak in the, another press conference of talking about turnovers and it's never going to happen again. But you say that every week. I'm sorry, you say it every week. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. It doesn't get better. So something has to change. Nick's right. It's not going to be the quarterback this year. It's likely going to be offensive staff is what's going to change. Mm-hmm. And once offensive staff change, now the evaluation comes mm-hmm. on Dak. Do you give him the extension? He signed a short contract. His contract isn't one yeah, of these six-year contracts that they gave Mahomes or any, somebody else. And that was, on, that was what he wanted. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what that. he yep. wanted. That's exactly. So, so yeah. it might play to your favor if you want to move on after 23. What was it, a three-year deal? Uh, well, it was a four-year four year deal, yeah. But you in 2023. I think they've already hit one of the escalators too. Yeah. No, I think they've triggered one of the uh, extensions too. Like like you know how they do something right. where they save money, but it, it pads it to the end. Which is another. Yeah. I, I I don't honestly know that thing's so complicated. But you're right, Brian. You get a new staff in here because what happens is is the new staff they don't get a new quarterback right in the first round of the draft, yeah. but they get one in the third or fourth round yeah. that they like. And then all of a sudden, it's a little different, you know. When well, you start. maybe you're in a situation too, Derek. I'm sorry, you're not getting to talk enough. No, no, here, I'm but, good. I'm good. You but, guys go. But but the thing about it is, <laughs> I mean, to me, I look at this, and 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 if you if you if you happen to change offensive staff, if you happen to change the the coordinator, you change the quarterback coach, you change the offensive line coach, you change the receiver coach, which they did last year. You know, you change all those pieces. Now the evalu- evaluation really starts because, you know, these guys, these coaches probably aren't going anywhere. This, this quarterback, though, is in a situation now where it's like, okay, we're trying to help them. We're trying to get players. We've changed the coaches. Now it's more about the evaluation of you. And, you know, I mean, after eight years, you know, we've seen what's going on in the league in this day and age. These teams are willing to eat huge amounts of salary cap to move on from a guy. It used to be like, you know, I mean, hey, we you know we got to keep this quarterback. We got no, 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 no. Teams are just saying, move. We'll move on. We'll draft a guy. We'll do, you know, we'll do whatever we have to do. And I'll say this: this is one of the things I've been seeing more and more creep up in the last twenty-four hours, less than twenty-four hours since the game. People are comparing to what the Eagles were able to do. The Eagles went to a Super Bowl and completely flipped their roster, including quarterback yeah. and the head coach. And now they're back in a championship game and poised to go to another Super Bowl. And right. and it was because they got to a point where they felt like, although they had invested a lot in Wentz, they said, he's not the guy that can get us there. Yeah. We got to move on. And And then the question becomes, is there a point where you have to say, as much as you might like Dak and you think Dak is good enough, 
you have to say, well, he's not good enough to get us where we want to go. And I don't know that they're there yet, but that's the kind of things that fans are talking about right now where they're trying to see, like, at some point, well, should they be having that kind of conversation? Yeah, I, I know that's, gonna even, uh, that's not going to happen this year. Yeah. No, it absolutely can't happen this not, year. Not this but, year. But my no. point is, yeah. like when you get to that point of the yeah. of the contract where yeah. you can make that decision, yeah. do you stick with it because it's like it's safer to say we got a guy that we think is pretty good? Yeah. Or do you are you willing to say, hey, we got to go back to the drawing board right. to see if we can get somebody better? That's why I think 2023 is if you do make the changes at the at some some of these offensive staff positions. Then, then it turns into, okay, we've made these changes. Now we're going to see how the quarterback adapts to the changes. And if he doesn't adapt to the changes, then you get to that point where you're talking about where it's the Carson Wentz or it's the Jared Goffs or these guys like that where you're like, we're just moving on. We're not going to, we're not going to sit here and, and continue on, and we're not going to give him a contract extension, and we're going to look to draft or obtain a quarterback from another team, a Derek Carr or somebody like that that's moving on. Yeah, if I, if I was the offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, whatever, what I would do is, is I would, to me, one of the biggest plays in, in series of the game was it was 9-9, nine nine, huge pass to CD. Now you flip the field. Now, you, now you're cooking here. The game mm-hmm. is 9-9. Nine nine. They haven't scored a touchdown on you. Schultz drops a pass on the, on the sideline from uh, hell. Should from have been him. Him. Yeah. I mean, he, I don't know what was going on on the sideline with him. But um, he dropped that one. Second down run to Zeke. Third and five. That's where I would say, all right, Dak, walk me through this. Do you think that that you're going to make this throw over Warner to CD? Do you not see T.Y. Hilton? Do you not trust yourself to throw it to T.Y. Hilton? Just walk me through that. Because (laughs) if you don't think you can make that throw, that's a problem. If you didn't see him, it's also a problem. And you got to throw it high enough that CD can stop. Warner's going to run into him. You're going to get a P.I. and all that stuff. I wonder is a damn good football player, and Micah Parsons yeah, was is. mad that he didn't get all pro, but he, he wasn't as much of a difference maker as Warner was in that yeah, game. Well, yeah, to your point, Nick, you're absolutely right, though. Dak has to make that decision quicker because initially that route, if he throws the ball out front, it's a it's a run and it's Warner's not going to get there. Oh, you, yeah. so yeah, that, yeah, just yeah, to CD? yeah, CD. Yeah. So you're right. saying he, the throw to it should have been to CD? But no, just no, better? no. I'm, I'm saying if 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 in fact if he sees he reads the middle of the field completely open and they're going to by the way, but to be honest with you, by the way that Warner's hips were chasing uh-huh. CD, he should have thrown the ball to. To T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Yeah. Hilton. Because anytime they play that with the, the Tampa 2 stuff, yep. when you throw the ball opposite of if the guy's hips are flipped to one side, throw it to the other side. You know, that guy's not going to come back and make the play. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have been able to, uh, T.Y. would have made a big play. Yep. But if he throws the ball earlier, because there is, Warner's trying to get from the middle there. To get him, yeah. If the ball goes out, if he just immediately says, I read this, I'm throwing it, here we go. But how many times have we seen throws to the middle of the field where Dak is like throwing it, throwing it, and then it's intercepted, it's something happens. So now you're wondering, well, is he comfortable even making that throw? He was comfortable. It's like he was like waiting for CD to clear, and Warner wasn't going to let him clear. Mm-hmm. You know, he just wasn't. So if you throw the ball soon enough, Warner's going to not get there to make the, the play on the ball. And so that I think all the problems that Dak has had throwing to the middle of the field this year, I think in his mind he like he was like I'm not sure I'm not sure, I'm sure. Do you think that was maybe a situation where 
You but don't T.Y. Expect... Hilton was wide open yeah, on the play. Yeah, absolutely, no but question. you don't expect – when you get a matchup saying, I got my best wide receiver yeah. on, on a linebacker no question. and I got him isolated, yeah. he should uncover. Yeah. Like, could that have been a situation where Dak is expecting, okay, he's going to uncover. Like, he's going to uncover. Well, and then he's like, oh, he's not going to uncover. Well, I'm going to give him a shot. You and can so see, then he throws it. You right? can see right off the line that it's got a shot for a big play. Yeah. If if Because when you watch Lamb, he's running, and he's running like he's going to expect in the ball. But like I say, you got to take it. You got to almost throw, throw it. it. Yeah. You got to throw it to the open. spot. Yeah. You got to throw it to the spot and let Lamb just go get it. Mm-hmm. Is what you do. Instead, he's holding it, and now it's too late. And now Warner, who can just run, is now in collision to make the play. And yeah. so, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like you, you there's there were so many plays that were that felt negative this year, Dak throwing the ball to CD in the middle of the field. Yeah. I wonder if that was in his mind about because there was a there was a pass there was a couple of pass plays after the interception where they had spot routes and stuff like that where he throws it past the sticks. It's a first down. He didn't throw it because he's thinking, well I, I don't see all these red jerseys. Where, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I I think it I think it gets in his head. I really, really do on some of these throws. All right, let's take our first break. We'll come back. We got more to dive into into this game. We'll get we'll get to that when we get back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far with up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less. The satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back to the break. 
The Academy of Country Music Awards is coming to Ford Center at the Star in Frisco on May 11th. Get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. The segment presented to you by Blockchain.com. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the defense, man. They, uh, yesterday... Put up a gem of a game. I was uh, Nick. I told you. I turned around and t- told you on the plane. Mm-hmm. If I would have told you on Friday, Cowboys would hold Debo Samuel to a total of a grand total of fifty six yards, and they would hold McCaffrey to a grand total of fifty seven yards. What would have been your response to what you thought was going to happen in that game? I would have said, um, "How did? How many did Kittle?" <laughs> no, which actually is no, the storyline of the game. Yeah, right? I, I would have taken that and. Yeah. Um, you know, and just like you would have taken the 19 points, you know. Yeah. I, I got your blockchain for you. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, he already hit you. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> we're, we are a team here. We work together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did your reads the other day while oh, you were gone. You? Yeah, okay, so, yeah. yeah. We're, we're good to yeah. go. Yeah, we go. Yeah. He gave the good radio voice, too. Did he? Good radio, yeah. I bet. Does that mean maybe you want to do it all the time? <laughs> you're like, no. he's probably better at it than this oh, than I'm me. Sure. <laughs> he, I'm sure he got that Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. No, I no, you're right. I would have I would have taken the the 56 and 55 yards from McCaffrey and Samuel and and and, yeah. and take your shot there. Now, Kittle was was big, but as to what I wrote in my story, the, the the difference is is that it's all of the it's all of their their weapons. It's McCaffrey on this play. It's the threat of Debo. It's the threat of Kittle. I mean, they when you have a wide receiver who actually runs the ball and a running back who actually catches the ball and a tight end who lines out at receiver and a fullback who lines up wherever. You are very, very dangerous, and they, and that's what they are. And you can have a quarterback like Brock Purdy who has no interest in running, but he can stand back there and and make some plays. He didn't make any mistakes. He didn't, He wasn't great. He tried. He tried, but he, he tried to make mistakes. Yeah, he, he tried. He was, just, he was solid. Yeah, he tried to make some mistakes. I know. I don't look at see. I don't look at it like Brock, Brock Purdy just beat you, and he was better than Dak. I mean, he was. They have a better team that's been – they have structured a team way better than the Cowboys. And and they went for it. They went for it this year. They went for McCaffrey yeah. to put them over the top that's to cool. win this type of game. Yep. And the Cowboys didn't. The Cowboys traded their guy. Seriously. They traded their guy. And, and they Talking hoped, about a Mark Cooper. Mark Cooper. And they hoped that Gallup would be good and hoped that, that Noah Brown would be good and CD would take off. And, and, and it, it kind of did. But, but then when it didn't I, work, I, I, they I ran gonna, out to get yeah, T.Y. Hilton, right? Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you, though, about – and, again, I totally agree with you about moving on from Amari Cooper. But by moving on from Amari Cooper, did you learn that CeeDee Lamb was a number yeah, one receiver? Yes. I mean, if you're, if you're looking for a silver lining you trade-off. You I did, mean, but, but – uh, But you needed Amari Cooper because Michael Gallup was yeah. nothing this well, year. Well, let me throw this out there. I, I've been thinking about this. Nick, you and I had this part of this conversation a little earlier – Dak Prescott has not been a turnover machine like he has been this year throughout his career. Oh, yeah. And I'm starting, I'm thinking, like, what could be the difference? And it made me start thinking down the path of, and this is just conjecture on my part, but could this have been a situation where by getting rid of Amari Cooper, essentially what they told Dak is, it's on you. You're not going to have the same number of weapons. You're going to have to figure out how to make these tight window throws because you're not going to have guys that are just going to get wide open. You're going to have to figure out how to make it go, and it'll all go because you make it go. And, and as a result really of and at, well, but listen, as a result of that, could that have been a situation where that's how you get to the interceptions? 
Dak's trying to do more than really maybe he's even capable of doing, and we see something very different from him than we've seen all these other years because he's trying to do something that maybe is just not in the wheelhouse of what he's best at. I mean, I hope that's not the reasoning because then that would be a really dumb on their part because you should know your quarterback. He he hasn't shown you necessarily that he can be that type of guy to take it all on his shoulders. There are times where he can make magic happen, as we saw Monday in Tampa. night. Monday <laughs> night, yes. Yeah. Excellent game, his best game so far. But he hasn't shown to be that guy consistently. So for you to hope that he can be that guy and take away, I mean, some the one thing that we have talked about over his career is that he needs help. He needs the weapons around him to make it work. He he can't be that Aaron Rodgers. He can't be that Tom Brady in his prime. So it's just not that. And I I just I don't get the reasoning behind it. And, and you want to talk uh, about C.D. Lamb, oh, they wouldn't have known he's the number one receiver or whatever. But that's what you draft, drafted him for. Sure. You, you knew the talent that he had. Sure. You knew what he could become. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Nick mentioning, like, oh, or I forgot who did just now, but talking about hoping they can get better along the season, you knowing right off the bat at the beginning of the year, heading into training camp, we were at training camp, knowing all the – little holes, all the issues that they had. And still towards the end of the year, of the end of the season, there were still the things that were in question that weren't fully fixed. They started, they got T.Y., and he showed signs to be working. But there's just so much that I feel that could have been avoided somewhat or that you could have prepared yourself or equipped yourself a lot better heading into the season. And I'm very impressed with what Dan Quinn was able to do. And it breaks my heart knowing that 99% sure he's not going to be here this next year. But looking at when he started losing players on defense, there's no way that I thought that going into this game, playoffs, divisional round against the 49ers, no way I thought that the defense was going to be able to play at this level. Knowing and looking at how the season ended, just those last few weeks, obviously they did well last week, but just looking at the injuries, the issues that we were talking about with Dan Quinn not being able to fix all these things in the secondary cornerback, the issues that were there, you losing so many of your starters. And in the span of a few weeks, he was able to finally get things clicking again for you. So it's just it's just a lot to dissect, but you something's got to give. I guess the quicker, quote-unquote, Fakes is um, by Kellen. Yeah, well, it's offensive coaches. It might, maybe it's not, you know, we'll see who's under contract and stuff like that, too. I think that's some questions that we have to ask ourselves is, you know, is Mike McCarthy, and I, I, like I said earlier, I do believe there was some disconnect between him and Kellen on some things, and maybe Mike had to say, listen, I want to do it this way. And Kellen's like, oh, okay, well, then we'll do it and, and we'll see. So, um, you know, if, if Kellen Moore gets an opportunity, that's one way of taking care of that. You know, if, if a, you know, but I, I have a feeling there's going to be some coaches on the staff where they're going to tell him, listen, if you want to go hunt a job, go hunt a job, you know, and we'll see if a, the offensive coaches, but the major one would be Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. That would be the major one because that's now the evaluation that you've determined like, okay, we're going to move on from him. 
now we're going to change. It could very well be Brian Schottenheimer, who they have here on staff, uh, as being the OC. I think to me personally, if they go outside or they go for an OC, they need to go for the Dan Quinn plan. Go for somebody that's outside. Dan Quinn wasn't an insider here for the Cowboys. Dan Quinn was a guy that was a, you know, I don't think Mike McCarthy had any great relationship with Dan Quinn. Maybe you could do the same thing with one of these coordinators. You know, I mean, there's several of these head coaches that have been relieved of their jobs mm-hmm. are now out there. And so, what are your thoughts on a guy like Nathaniel Hackett? See, that's the thing. There's a connection because, again, Mike McCarthy worked for Hackett's dad. You know, Brian Schottenheimer, he worked for Schottenheimer's dad. You know, maybe you're in a situation where it's, you know, Frank Reich. Or Cliff Kingsbury or somebody, you know, somebody you're thinking offense, you're thinking kind of a wide open kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'm just throwing names. I don't I don't mean to sit there and like everybody throwing up in their mouth when I'm talking about these guys. But there's been some head coaches that have been let go. And there's a reason why a lot of those guys got the opportunity they got, particularly. I mean, Daniel Hackett was doing a good job as a coordinator. That's why he got the opportunity to head coach. And maybe he's just not a good head coach. Right. But he certainly has some skins on the walls. and There's no question. And again, that could fix Russ. No. But that's I don't know who can right now. That's familiarity. That, that, to my point, it's if you take somebody that's not part of the, this guy help his father help me get a job guy. Yeah. You know, that's that's and, and, and Nathaniel Hackett might be a great hire, but I to me, I'm I, I now I'm connecting things. If you yeah. had to divide fault or, or like what percentage would you give Kellen versus Mike McCarthy? See, we don't know that because what we don't know is I don't know how much is Mike involved in the game planning. Yeah. And during the game, is he in his ear saying, hey, I need a little more of this or I need a little less of this. And or Kellen, that's not a good idea. Let's do something different. Right. I don't know. And none of us do. That's what I wonder, though, because here we are just like. Oh, Kellen, Kellen, Kellen. But it does make me wonder, okay, how much is it actually Mike McCarthy's fault as well? Obviously, he's the head coach. He, he has some well, say in this. Well, so the buck thing. has to stop How with him. You, yeah. yeah, so well, it's like, okay, is it Mike McCarthy and what he's doing, or is it you get rid of the offensive coordinator? See, what happens, the fact that they've won 13 games or 14 games with 13 games is now that the head coach has probably saved himself. Yeah. yeah. So now it's not about the head coach, and the head coach can say, I every, it, we'll, we'll know if they get rid of Kellen Moore, if they move on from Kellen Moore, then that's a decision by Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, and then then will say how much you want to blame. He's Mike McCarthy's thinking. I tried to tell you what I wanted to do, mm. and we did this. Okay, I allowed it. I'm not going to allow it anymore. Do you think Jerry has a decision to make on let Kellen, let Dan Quinn leave or make him the head coach? I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm too tired to to <laughs> dance around. Do you think that that should even be on the table? I, I don't think it is on the table personally. And the reason why I don't is because I think Jerry's looking at this and saying, Mike McCarthy got me 12 wins last year. Mike McCarthy got, McCarthy got me 13 wins this year. Yeah. I don't think my head coach is the problem. But he also got you Mike Nolan as the defensive coordinator the first year. All fair. And, and then Jim Tom Sula. And has been one in, and one and two in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yes, I get now, all that. Now, you can all, I mean, it depends on who wants to argue which side in the room you know, on the debate team, which I wouldn't want to you know, debate with you since you're <laughs> an all state debater uh, in, in high school, which is true. But um, 
does can it, can any defensive coordinator worth his salt come in here and take Micah Parsons and and be good with it? You know, and like I don't, I we don't, don't know. We're, we're going to find out. Yeah, probably. we don't know. Yeah. So that's the I, that's the decision, and I think I think that's something that Jerry is is has to to think about. And again, this isn't me knowing anything. I believe Mike McCarthy will be the head coach next year, but I don't think it's going to be easy to say bye to Dan Quinn. If if in fact, I don't, I agree with you on that. I, I think the thing that you have to now in your line of thinking is if you ask Dan Quinn, if I hire you as the head coach, who's your OC? That's the question you now have to ask. Mm. Because if you have an understanding like, okay, who's Mike McCarthy going to bring in here as an OC potentially? Okay, who's Dan? Dan, who do you got? If you were, if I were to give you this job, who would you bring in as an OC? Now Will and Steven have to sit down and say, all right, wait a minute. With Dan, we get this. We get our defense. But he's got a better coordinator idea than the head coach, than the current head coach. Do you so let think me, Jerry Jones is open to have that kind of interview with Dan Quinn? I think he's paying Dan Quinn like he's a head coach right now, to be yeah. honest with you. But, I, I don't awesome. think there's anything Jerry's not willing to at least think about. Like I, I think he's probably thinking about everything. But, but I'll also throw this out there into this mix. Are we sure that – let's assume for a second. Let's go way out on a limb and assume – that they make the decision, we'd rather keep Dan Quinn, and they keep him. What makes us believe that as the head coach, this defense is still going to be as good as it was when he was the guy that was over the defense? Like when he was in Atlanta, that defense was pretty good the first year. It got progressively worse over the years. And so it does make me wonder, like, if you're the head coach, you're not pouring as much time into the defense. You're certainly probably not calling the plays on game day. And so – you're still not getting the benefit of Dan Quinn as your defensive coordinator. He's your head coach. That's a different role. Did he call the plays when they were in New Orleans that time when they had the COVID game with Mike yeah. McCarthy when he was the head coach? They won the game in New Orleans yeah. against against Trist, uh, is it Hill? Taysom Hill. Taysom yeah. Hill. Yeah. Is it Tristan Hill? <laughs> Taysom Hill. Dan was on the sidelines calling defense. Uh-huh. Just that that time. Just that time. Yeah. I you know is it one of those things? I mean we've seen. We've seen guys like I know the guy at New Orleans, Dennis Allen. Yeah, you know now maybe it's a thing where you trust Joe Witt to be that guy. If you're Dan Quinn, you're like, listen, I trust Joe. I'm not going to let Joe miss. Joe, what do you got? What do you, Joe? Yeah. What do you? No, Joe, don't go with that. Yeah, think about this. You know, I mean, maybe that's what. And you maybe learn something from his time in Atlanta. I think that helps. Yeah, him. I don't know. I think so. I. I think Atlanta didn't have Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. I think it's something if you're if you're Jerry Jones, you absolutely have to consider because to me, you want to know the number one thing I'm thinking about this offseason is fixing Dak Prescott. Yeah, that's the number one thing I'm yeah. thinking about. So every decision has to every be about, decision can I fix has Dak to Prescott? be whether yeah. you hire a defensive head coach and Dan Quinn, who's the OC, mm-hmm. what other staff are we going to bring in here, you know, uh, that or if you're Mike McCarthy, all right, Mike, listen. Congratulations! Had a nice year. Who do you want as your OC? And tell me why you want. And tell me why and how you're going to not how you're going to fix for from some of the deficiencies he's shown. And if they decide, if Jerry decides that he does want to go that route and get, say, get Dan Quinn, it wouldn't be right away because he'll lose draft picks if he doesn't do it. He's got a he's got interview. See interview minority candidates. He's got it, you know. Like I don't. Now you could wink, wink, and say, "Hang tight, it's coming back to you." But I mean, that's not the spirit of the rule, and I not at all. I wouldn't think that they would do that. And so, you know, and I mean, since it's being talked, I I, I've already been asked twice this morning, and I've barely even been awake for long enough for it. 
But I you do not believe much. Sean Payton is is in is in play here. No, I don't either. I don't think he is they either. They need cheap superstars, and the only way you get cheap superstars yep. is if you draft them. Yep. So I don't know why you would want to get a. Sean Payton in here, whose resume I don't think is any better than McCarthy's, to come in here and lose a first-round pick. This is not talking about a conditional six. This is a first-round pick. No thank you. Yeah, Yeah, the thing about, I think, with Sean is, to me, that and maybe the bridges I'm not saying we're burned but you know there's such a friendship there and stuff like that I think that maybe Jerry's kind of moved on from that just listening to people talk yeah I mean never I mean I'm, I'm, I'm friends with Sean I have not talked to Sean one day about this job now he's yelled at me for talking about this job while others are still having jobs but I have not talked to Sean about this particular job in in, in a, a while. I, I'll say this though: I would be absolutely shocked at this point if anybody other than Mike McCarthy is a head coach of this team. Next I would. Year. I, I would just don't. Too. I don't see any reason but, why Jerry would have gone out there and been so emphatic yeah. yesterday and the time he was asked before yesterday about Mike McCarthy's job security. Like he would have just been like, you know, we'll look at everything. There's no reason why no, he had no, to no, do that. No, no, absolutely. Like, but I'm, no I'm just and we've seen we've seen in like the past where he's been emphatic about like Odell and. Well, but they. they <laughs> no, but the point is, things. the point with Odell. Like, they wanted Odell. Let's not make any mistakes about it. Like, they wanted Odell. It just, once they finally got a chance to look at him, they were like, whoa. You're you not know, healthy enough. Maybe he's not the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a matter of Jerry didn't want him. I think he was very you clear know. about that. I just think this was a situation where he is saying emphatically, because I think he believes Mike earned the ability to stay here for another year, and I think I would just be shocked if they do anything different this year. That doesn't mean anything for future years. This year I would be shocked. You know what's ironic is that when we go back – Six weeks when we were when we were all knee deep in the Odell stuff, like thought it was happening. And um, Brian, you kept saying, you know, in the playoffs, yeah, on third down, third mm-hmm. and four, is he going to make <laughs> you play? And damn, does he wish he was? You had somebody that could yeah. make a play. Now I know it wasn't him. He wasn't healthy, and, he, and and a lot of the reason he wasn't healthy is because of Odell. Odell didn't commit to his rehab like he should have. Well, T-Y- like he like like he needed to, not should have. You can do whatever you want. You're a grown man, but like he needed to to be able to play. They have game. they have a decision about the running back too. That running back might be done. Well, he's already moved to center. I really hope that's not the final play of his Cowboy career, getting trucked at the center position. (laughs) But I do agree with you, Brian. Like, There's no way your lead running back, which he still is your starting running back, there's no way you lose your backup. And we know, I know what Tony Pollard brings to this team. I get that. But there's no way you lose that guy. Your starter is still in the game, and your offense – just can't go just anywhere. cannot move the ball. And there were a number of runs, Nick, you and I were talking yeah, about it in the game. There were a number of runs where you're looking at him, you're like, man, Zeke got one or two, maybe three. Pollard would have gotten eight. Yeah, like, was, he, just, he just doesn't have that. It doesn't seem yeah, to have that that's burst. That's the decision. If, and the one thing, and, and, and hopefully we'll have the draft show coming up here in, in a few days or so. Mm-hmm. And, but there's plenty of running backs in this there thing. There you go. There's a lot of running backs. And it's, and it's uh, hey, go out there, and if you want to – you know, if you want to figure it out, if you, if Pollard leaves and Zeke moves on and all that, you will have opportunities. Please, you Jesus really, really. Pollard, yeah. Pollard is a different situation now. Pollard, yeah. Pollard's everything got a, a changed. I think broken leg. I mean, broken uh, fibula. I yeah. believe three months. Three months. Three months. So three let's months say until what? Three, that, that's yeah. That's what they say. It's a three month rehab thing. Well, then then maybe he doesn't have a broken fibula. Is that what? Is that that's what, what they called it? But they said it was a three month thing. I mean, I'll, three I'll months. That means by April he would be ready to what resume yeah. full activity. Yeah. 
So that means he, he's here for most of the offseason workouts. Yeah, but it, the he's going to be rehabbing the whole you time. Make yeah. decisions on you got to make decisions on him in March. Yeah, yeah. But what we but what we know about this team, they're not afraid to do it with an injured guy. Like you franchise him. See, I wouldn't. It's a, it's a, I wouldn't. So, but I'm not saying I don't think they million dollars, eighteen not, million dollars. I would not. Deal I would When not. he he won't. He may not be himself that that whole year. And my thing is just like running backs, you can get them, man. There are there are so many running backs in this league that come in every round of the draft. Like you can get quality running backs and and bring them in here and get them to play. I I just look at that and I'm like I'm going back to the well. And quite frankly, every two years. I would be drafted. I will a new say one. this though, the, and the, just keep it rotating. The kid at Texas, Bijan Robinson, regardless of position, is one of the best players I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, he's a he is a baller. Seriously, that good. I don't know that honestly. In the time that I've been a Texas fan, mm-hmm. I don't know that even. And I'll even go. And this is gonna sound crazy. Ricky, even looking at Ricky, yeah. like <laughs> oh, watching Bijan. Ricky, yeah. Bijan is a different beast. Like different I am Ricky. afraid that we're not gonna have him next year. Like yeah. I'm. That is that is terrifying to me because as bad as we were at times this year. Mm-hmm. Bijan was still Bijan. Yeah. Like he just he has a way. There's some good backs in this of doing some amazing no. things. So. Earl Campbell. <laughs> now that was a little bit before my fandom Earl with Campbell's the Texas Longhorns. I was there, so I'm good. You guys are so cutthroat, and <laughs> you know, and I am too sometimes. But it's I was about to say, like, yeah. who's you're probably, no, the, who's you're probably the, the most cutthroat person on this who's show? Who's the one that couldn't open the show? <laughs> right. Well, He's like, Brian, you go. I have nothing to say. Like, I'm afraid I'm gonna cuss. Yes. Yes. Dale, 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 dale. Hold on, you switched me to Spanish. All right, reboot in English. No, it's it's you know yes, I am cutthroat, but at the same time, in a sports way, I have feelings, and I'm a very sentimental, emotional person, and it just it sucks because I love Zeke, but it sucks every. Once we get to this point oh. where you know you got to move on from somebody and then you, you couldn't get where you wanted to get with the people mm-hmm. you were in and, like, hanging in there, these people, Tyron Smith, he ain't going to – I think that's it for him as well. Zach Martin, I'm sure he's going to still be here possibly. But you talked about, like, just kind of getting a new roster every mm-hmm. year, and it happens. You're never going to have the same team year after year That that's – that's gonna happen, but it just sucks with keep the Tyron certain Smith. guys, huh? I might keep Tyron Smith. I think I might too. When I when left I saw tackle, down the stretch, left I'm, tackle and Tyron put Smith and Smith on the left side, and then go back with the group you originally thought you were gonna go with. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, now here's the thing. Training camp. Here's the thing. I, I'm not betting on the fact hopeful. that he's gonna stay healthy. Sure. Like, that's the part where you better have a he's lot of options. He's inexpensive for a tackle. All right, we appreciate you guys, Jones. We'll be back tomorrow, and tomorrow I think we're gonna get a little more into this. Where do they go next? Because there's so many questions there on with all the free agents and and all the players that we know will be will have the opportunity to go other places. Where should the Cowboys be looking to to improve this team and get better? We'll talk about that tomorrow for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!